Alan Mead is a dentist with too much time on his hands and too much recording equipment in his basement. Armed with an obsession to bring entertaining and informative content to the dental world in a way that's never been done before, I give you the Alan Mead Experience. Well, hello and welcome to the Alan Mead Experience. My name is Alan Mead. I'd like to welcome you to another episode of the Alan Mead Experience. I am solo again this afternoon, this afternoon, this evening. Uh, interestingly, I had some pretty good guests lined up and something came up and I'm sort of torn between not putting a show out for you or creating a show that just doesn't have a guest. And I'm not going to lie to you, I've sort of struggled a little bit with this. I've been a content creator of uh, of some sort or another for a lot of years. I started out back in 2008 writing a blog that's actually just my, my office website. And... When you're only doing one thing and you're pretty concentrated on it, it's not that hard to put content out on a relatively regular basis. But even then, I didn't have a schedule. I just did it kind of as it came to me. And for podcasting, uh, as you know, I'm um, co-host of the Dental Hacks podcast, and we put out a pretty consistent product, although it's August 2017 right now, and we are actually on hiatus for the month of August, interestingly. Um, But usually we put out one one a week at least, um, and so I'm just taking a little bit of a break from that. But it's funny because you get to this thing where you feel kind of guilty once you have any kind of an audience. You're like, man, I'm letting them down if I don't put something out there. On the other hand, I'm struggling a little bit for the fact that I don't really want to <laughs> put out a bunch of stuff that you guys find boring or like, whatever, you're me talking again, all that stuff. So it may be a shorter episode show, and um, it's it's been a kind of a blast to do. I have to say I've gotten quite a few emails or messages this last week. And uh, for those of you that wrote them, you know who you are. Thank you very much for for giving me uh, some feedback. Um, I wasn't sure what I was going to do with this podcast, but uh, you guys have helped convince me that it was it's still a worthwhile worthwhile thing to do. So I'm, I'm kind of still at it. Some of the feedback I've gotten is kind of interesting because uh, some people have taken the time to tell me that yeah, I mean, it's it's a fine podcast, but it's not as good as the Dental Hacks because it doesn't have enough dental stuff in it, and it's it's just conversational. It's just chit-chatting, and I've got 10 other podcasts that I listened to before that for chit-chatting, which sort of was a kick in the nuts, to be honest, but I, I get it. Um, but then, like, today, I got three separate emails from three separate people telling me that they really prefer this over the Dental Hacks because it's conversational, because it's a little less formal. Uh, so here's the deal. I'm keeping doing it. Uh, I'm re- I really enjoy doing it. It's a, it's a fun podcast to do. It's probably a little bit easier to put out than dental hacks because it doesn't take as much editing and I'm just having a good time with it. So, uh, I'm not going anywhere. Thank you guys for your support. Anyhow, speaking of support, uh, man, I have to welcome my first sponsor to the Alan Mead experience. Um, the sponsor I, I told you about last week, the sponsor is premier dental products. I am a big fan of premier. We've actually had the CEO on the Dental Hacks uh, some months back, Julie Charleston. She's very cool. Great company, really forward-thinking. Um, and so I was feeling pretty good because, you know, I've had, I had a good relationship with them. They actually supported us for the Voices of Dentistry back in January. Uh, I've really gotten to know some of the people that work there. And I really, I really like a lot of their products. I use a lot of their products. I'm not going to lie, you use a lot of their products too. You may not even know it. 
um, one of the, one of the things I always commented to the premier folks about was the fact that they have a lot of brands that everyone just uses because they've always used them and they've been around for so long. Brands like like Hemadent. Hemadent is not a generic thing. Hemadent is a is a brand under the, under Premier. <laughs> I didn't you know like Hemadent. I was just sort of a. It's like Kleenex, right? It's like it's like it's like Kleenex is a brand of tissue, but people just say Kleenex instead of tissue. A lot of Premier products are like that. Triple tray. Well, I mean, there's a lot of different kinds of dual arch impression trays, but the one that put it on the map was Triple Tray. That's a brand of of Premier. So they have a lot of legacy brands that you know about, and you may not even realize they're with Premier, but they also have uh, a really solid research and development team. I'm going to bring you stories about Premier and the development of their products and some of the cool things that they've got going on. And I will tell you, they have a lot of cool things going on. Some stuff that's going to blow your mind. Some stuff that may change the whole dental industry. Uh, so I just welcome them to the show. Uh, they're going to be a great addition. And here's the deal. I can be very explicit about this. This is my little NPR moment. Um, if you use Premier products, you are supporting the show because Premier is supporting me. So if you support them, they're supporting me. It's like transitive property. So uh, with that in mind, I want you to go to their website and check their stuff out. Their website is premusa.com. P-R-E-M-U-S-A dot com. Uh, they've got some really great products. Their website's actually really good, too. But um, I just, nothing specific we're talking about. I just wanted to welcome them to the show, and I wanted to thank them for supporting the show. And I want you guys, the listeners, to know that they have stepped up. They've decided that what we're doing here is is a good thing, kind of an exciting thing, and they want to be a part of it. So Premier Dental, inspired solutions for daily dentistry. And uh, I'd like to think that in the next coming months, I'm going to tell you why they're inspired solutions for daily dentistry. So enough about that. Thank you again for supporting the show, Premier. Now, I, a lot of you may be members of a Facebook group that uh, I helped put together called the Dental Hacks Nation. The Dental Hacks Nation started in October of 2016. It hasn't even been around for a year. We literally just rolled over 12,000 members in that group. It's, it's, a, it's a pretty good, pretty fun group. Um. It's a big, big group. It's a dental group, but it's not just dentists. It's it's kind of dental team members. And honestly, like right now, I'm I'm sitting on. I'm going to go right now and just look for fun. I'll bet you I, I don't even know how many people are waiting to be approved to get into the Dental Hacks Nation. It's probably 300 people. Uh, it's crazy. Like there's just a lot, there's just a lot of people in the Dental Hacks. Yeah, 417 people looking to join this group, and and it's like. It, Myself and the other ad, ad, admins in the group, we're just admitting people just as quickly as we can, uh, which is great. You know, it's, it's a big community. You're seeing a lot of cool stuff uh, with it. I like it. But here's the deal. It is uh, a long ways from the intimate group <laughs> of people that started out there that were listeners of the podcast. And that's cool. There's a lot to that. For instance, um, we can use it to to spread the word, to tell stories, to get the word out about the podcast. It's a great, you know... Having 12,000 people that come to that page on a regular basis helps us spread the word. It helps tell stories. It's great. It's not intimate. <laughs> like I said, it's not It's not like just a few good friends uh, sitting around after a CE uh, event and talking. It's it's a lot of people. So part of it is, is that it's just not – it's really hard to moderate a group like that. And frankly, it's really hard to make sure that only people that are, are interested in – promoting the group and, and being good dental, you know, friends and pals are getting in. It's, it's, we're, 
and I won't lie to you, we don't do a lot of our moderation. We do our best to see if there's dental stuff on the person's page or there's something in their background, but it's hard. And the bigger the group gets with all, you know, these people want, and it's hard to, hard to probably vet people really well, but I do love the group. The group is awesome. And if, if you haven't by chance, uh, checked into it, haven't seen it before, go on Facebook, just, uh, search dental hacks nation and ask for an invite and we'll get you in. Cause it's, it's pretty amazing. There's so many posts. It's, it's hard to keep track of. So what I was thinking of is in the beginning when the dental hacks nation was new and it was kind of young and there weren't that many people, it was, there was a much more intimate feel to it. And it, it was more overwhelmingly people who listened to the dental hacks podcast. Now, I mean, we, we, Clearly, there's you know four times as many people in that group as could possibly be listeners to the Dental Hacks podcast. So it's clearly not the focus of the Dental Hacks Nation, even though we share the name with it. It's it's become it's sort of a Frankenstein's monster. It's sort of become bigger than we ever expected it would. But that's okay. It's totally good for what it is. It's good. I didn't know anything about moderating Facebook groups when we opened that thing, so we didn't. Had I known, we might have made like the vetting of it a little bit tighter. Let's just say that. So. Why do I talk about this? What is it even worth mentioning? Why I talk about this is that I have a chance with this new podcast that's my own darn thing that I can do anything I want with. Uh, we have a chance to kind of start that over and maybe do it a little bit more right. I, it's not really right and wrong. Dental Hacks Nation's good, but I'm thinking I would love to have a smaller, more intimate group, people who really are only listeners to the podcast, uh, to be part of a group. We can have a tighter, uh, tighter-knit community, uh, we can make sure that really it's only people that listen to the show. And and my intention is to make sure that that is the case. So uh, I have opened a group. It started out as a, as a a very small select group of supporters of mine that I was bounce, bouncing all the ideas off of for the Allen Meat Experience. And they have okayed me to change it into the Allen Meat Experience Facebook group. It is a closed group, so you have to ask for an invite. And I am only going to allow people in that know the code word. And I'm, I'm going to probably, I'll probably add code words that will get you in as we go. But there's going to be code word. So if you don't know the code word, you are not getting in. What's the code word, you say? Well, let's think about this. If I want it to only be people who listen to the Alan Mead Experience podcast, I give the code word out here. And because we have this great new supporter of the show, Premier Dental, the very first code word that will get you into the Alan Mead Experience is... Premier. So the word premier will get you into the Alameda experience. Uh, first week, anyhow. Uh, that that may stay, uh, depending on how it works out, that may stay the right one or not. But go ahead and use the code word when you're asked a question to get in. We'll get you in. Uh, again, this is for people who are real listeners to the Alameda experience. And we're going to see how it works. I, I won't lie to you. Maybe we'll only have six people in there, and that's fine, too. Uh, but I, if you're a listener, if you like what we're doing here and you want to kind of be in a tighter knit group that sort of keeps out the riffraff, that's what I'm aiming for. So again, I'm interested to hear what you guys think about this. If you, this is stupid and that I need to just get over myself and, uh, feel free to tell me, you can email me at Alan, A-L-A-N at the Alan meat experience.com. Uh, I really appreciate the emails and you can message me to Alan meat on Facebook. Um, I'm happy to answer either way. I'm on Facebook a lot so that you can get to me that way too. But uh, one last thing I was thinking about, something that that I was going to riff on for a couple minutes, and I'll let you guys go. Um, I have a huge pet peeve. One of the things that drives me the most crazy in my restorative dental work um, is open contacts. Um, 
between crowns, between, you know, between fillings, between restorations, between teeth. I can't stand contacts that pack food. And it's a struggle because I do tons of posterior composites. And I will say that my more recently, I, I have much more consistent contacts. But depending on the patient's anatomy or depending on what kind of day I'm having or whatever, I'll get a, I'll get a, a light contact or an open contact on occasion. Uh, and, and it's something that drives me crazy. I say this because I have like three really, really annoying open contacts myself. And um, the crazy thing is, is I'm a dentist. I could probably I could do something about this. And I sort of haven't. It's just I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a little while. But, but I, <laughs> so funny. I never quite know how to describe to a lab. First off, I use the BioClear system for most of my posterior uh, restorations, and it usually gives m- adequate to more than adequate, like too tight interproximal contacts, and that's okay with me. Frankly, I'm I'm aiming towards too tight if I can, because if it's if it's the slightest bit loose, you know what happens. It's the one thing the patient thinks about all the time whenever they eat anything stringy, anything, anything. I know this because I have one. I'll tell the story. I, I basically, I uh, several years ago, I even have, this is crazy, but on Facebook, I honest to God think I have a, an album of the teeth in question. I will find that album. I'll link it in the Alamy experience of, of the teeth. I, I wanted my best friend Bart uh, to show me how the Cerec worked. And so we were actually in a friend of his office, um, and they prepared a couple inlays on me to replace, I, th- I think they might have been existing fillings, I'm not sure. Um, so they did an inlay or a couple inlays on me, and they, they showed me how the CEREC worked. It was really cool. You know, they scanned it. They, they did all the stuff. It was very cool. And they showed me the milling process and everything like that. It was, it was, it was neat to see. Um, but one thing that I knew that night after it was cemented, that the contact was light in, in, I swear to God, like many times a week, I think to myself, why didn't I just have them go and, and do another one? <laughs> I, I didn't think it was gonna be that big of a deal. And I also thought, well, maybe it's, maybe my tooth is going to move into place and, and the contact will tighten up. And I don't know why I thought that. Cause it never happens that way. You know, that story. Once, once you have a loose contact, you are screwed. It gets, it, it stays loose or it opens right up. Basically, you know, that story. So, I have a couple of them, like I said, that, that are almost constant, and I have to have floss with me all the time. It drives me crazy. Now, the, the other variation on that is the patients who don't care all that much, and they don't think about it. They, maybe they realize they have it, but they don't carry floss with them. And so what happens when stuff gets impacted down there? You know, If they don't get it out of there, what are the things that happen? Honestly, I think, it's probably a, I think you could probably get some bone loss there. I think, you could, I think depending on what their diet is like, I think it's probably a a food trap like that can cause recurrent decay on a restoration or, or that's, I mean, it's obvious that there's, it's bad news. I tend to think the way I live my life, it would drive me nuts if I got stuff stuck between my teeth all the time. I didn't have any floss. I think a lot of people don't think about it that much. And so they have these, these contacts and it's just a huge pet peeve of mine. I will say that probably the labs I use understand that uh, I want that contact a little heavier. <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather adjust it back, to be honest. And and, and that's somewhat uh, since I've been using the the 3M TrueDef, my the accuracy of those impressions is so good that it's usually pretty much right on the money. I have not had any contacts that were too light with that. I've had some that were a little too heavy to seat down all the way that I had to adjust. But I'll tell you what, I'm going to take that heavier contact all day every day. I'd love to hear what you guys think about that. I'm 
I'm like a heavy contact guy. I, I would love to hear the argument for having lighter contacts on, on particularly on indirect restorations. Um, I know with composite, sometimes you don't always get to pick how good the contact is, but man, it's, it's a huge pet peeve of mine. And that actually leads me to an even more interesting question, I think, of, uh, of dentists. I, I wonder to myself, what do you do for your dental care? In other words, you know, do you do you put yourself on a three month recall? Do you put yourself on a because you can? Do you do a six month recall and just have regular profies like a regular run of the mill American dental patient? Do you go? Do you just jump in when there's an opening and you don't have a patient? I mean, I'm curious to know. Like, I, I'm actually on a six month recall. Um, I'm a relatively low decay rate. Uh, I hit a, my highest decay rate actually came when I was in college, like I started, I started college and, and I, I hadn't had a cavity ever. I'd had a lot of, a lot of orthodontic work, a lot of, I was super jacked up. And, uh, so I'd had a lot of dental work, but I hadn't had like decay until I got to dental school and I got to dental school and I'm pretty sure it's really funny. Miami university, uh, they did not have pop machines in the cafeteria, right? They had High C, they had all kinds of juice and fruit punch and all that crap, but they didn't have pop machines. I was very resentful because my friends that like went to Michigan and Michigan State had pop in the dorms, and we at Miami of Ohio did not. Honestly, the refined sugars are the same either way, right? But uh, so, anyhow, I definitely I became more caries prone, just like a lot of your your college students do, because they just their diet goes to hell when they don't have parents there helping them make better choices. So, I experienced some decay there. Um, and I, my, my hygiene probably wasn't so red hot either. I, I didn't really learn much about dental hygiene until I got to dental school. And, uh, there were a bunch of hygienists at the university of Minnesota that schooled us pretty good and how, and, and shamed us into, uh, into better dental hygiene. Um, so I am, a, I'm actually a, a, a really good flosser. I didn't used to be a good flosser. I'm a really good flosser. And as you know about flossing, one of the funny things is, is that um, you know, you can shame your patients all you want, but honestly, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like weight loss. If you, if you do a little bit better than, than nothing, it's a lot better than most people, you know, like, like if you have someone come in says, I'm sorry, doc, I brush my teeth two times a day, but I only floss three times a week. I'm still going to do a big dance. I'm still going to be really happy. Like, like that just is real life, man. I, I, and I know I have dental friends who never floss. They just, I mean, they tell their patients all day long they never floss. So, but my other thing is like, how do you have your dental work done? Like, uh, um, some people probably work with someone that they would have it done. But honestly, um, and my dad uh, is a dentist, used to own his office, and so he was. I would go have him take care of it. I've, I also have a couple friends in town where I've had them replace stuff that's that's broken down. But most of the time, I I tend to go. Uh, I tend to go see my buddy from dental school. It's a good excuse to go visit in Minneapolis, St. Paul area, but it's also, I mean, I trust he's a very good dentist. And, and, um, although they did give me that open contact on the CEREC, so I, I guess I can hang that around his neck. Uh, but I mean, I, so, but it's funny. I don't like, I've heard of people say, well, I do my own dentistry. I literally have heard people say they've prepped their own crowns or whatever. And I think that is literally the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. I, I can't even imagine like, even if you're the best dentist in the world, are you the best dentist in the world in a hand mirror on your own mouth? That's freaking stupid. I'm sorry. And if you disagree with me, call me out. I want to hear all about it. And I want to laugh in your face because I think that's like the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. And frankly, I've seen it enough times. Like I've saw, saw it on dental town and saw, give me a break. Really? 
you're going to do a better job on yourself than someone else, whatever. That's like the dumbest thing ever. So, but like on the other hand, now that I'm, now that I have the, the position that I have and I've run into all these amazing dentists, I tend to think if I needed something, I might, you know, maybe I'll see if, if, uh, if Dave Clark can do a bioclear restoration on me when, I, when I'm taking a class in Tacoma or, or if I ever get a chance to run into, uh, Artie Volker in New York or, or Matt Costa in, in, uh, Pennsylvania. Cause I know they're really good clinicians and I would really trust them to do my work. It's just sort of funny. I'm curious. There's a weird thing. Even when you just get your teeth cleaned every six months, I think it's a good exercise for a clinician to do because we don't think very much about what it feels like to be on the other end of dental treatment. Even if it's just a prophy or, or, you know, a scaling, you're so used to being on the other side. You're so used to being the one sitting above the patient and, and, in looking in on the patient and seeing stuff, you don't realize the tactile feel of laying back in a dental chair, having someone have gloves on and, you know, manipulate your lips and tongue and, and, uh, and you know, even that, if, if you're numb, if they have to give you anesthesia, it's freaking weird to be numb. I kind of hate being numb actually. On the other hand, I've also had work done when I wasn't numb enough and I hated that even worse. Right. And and then the the whole idea of the water spray and the noise that you're making with the 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 handpiece and everything, it is in reality what we're asking patients to do, to tolerate is kind of ludicrous. Like we're they're conscious and completely understanding what we're doing the whole time, and we're actually asking them to stay open while we're doing these horrible things. To them. <laughs> we're we're making these terrible sounds and everything like that. And, and mind you, you know, I, I've done it. I did fine. I did great. I tolerated it. Shoot. I was a boards patient for someone at the university of Minnesota. They flew me out to Oregon. It's the greatest thing ever. Flew, I was a gold inlay patient. Dr. Jim Nickman, pediatric dentist in, uh, in Minneapolis, St. Paul area. Great dentist. He was, he did an inlay on me and I'll tell you, Jim, the inlay's still there. It's one of the best things in my entire mouth actually. And, uh, so, but I wore a rubber dam for like four and a half hours while everyone was checking my prep. I just held a tray of instruments and had a rubber dam on forever. So I hope now that I've spilled the beans uh, 20 years later that Jim doesn't lose his, his license in the Western region uh, because I was a dental student. I, I think they officially were not supposed to have dental students as, uh, as patients. So sorry about that, Jim. But anyhow, so I, you know, I've been on the other end of it quite a bit, but I think it's a really good exercise to be on the other end of it, to remember kind of just the, the feeling, the actual weird feeling and all the stuff that's being done. Even if you don't need restorative work or anything like that, I think the recall exam is a really, you can see your practice and you can see what you're doing to people from a very different angle. I think it's super helpful. I think it's the kind of thing that uh, dentists need to do on a regular basis. Now, I do know that a lot of times dentists get way out of whack on their recall because they go to the office to work. And so in some ways, if you can't do it within your own office, which honestly is what I do, I have my hygienists do it for me and then I kind of read my own x-rays, which is maybe not the best thing. Maybe I need to have another dentist. But whenever they've, I've needed any work or anything, I've had other dentists look at it. But maybe even better would be to find a colleague close by that you can have their office do it for you. I don't know. But I'd be interested to hear how you guys do it. You know, maybe if you join the new Alan meat experience, uh, Facebook page, we can talk about it. I'd like to hear about like what you do uh, as a dentist for your dental needs. Cause let's be honest. Uh, even if we don't have a lot of cavities, you know, trauma happens, shoot. How many people do you know? Dental people, do you know, that got smashed in the face with a baseball and, and 
when they were younger and, and had all kinds of restorative dental work. And it turned out they decided to be a dentist because they'd had so much experience with dentistry in the past. Crazy stuff. Dr. Mark Costas tells a great story about that. He basically had his face reconstructed after a, a bad accident in high school baseball, and he decided that's why he wanted to be a dentist. So it's just an interesting thing, something that I was thinking about on the way home from work. Um, I really appreciate you guys listening. I'm going to I'm gonna knock it off now. Again, thank you to the new sponsor of the Alamy Experience, Premier Dental Products, Inspired Solutions for Everyday Dentistry. I love that. I love that tagline. It's like the best tagline ever. And uh, again, the Allen Meat Experience. Go on Facebook, look it up, and uh, you ask for an invite. But remember, you're not going to get in unless you know the code word. And right now, the code word is Premier. So thank you guys very much for listening. If you have questions or comments about the show, feel free to email me at Allen, A-L-A-N, at the Allen Meat Experience, and we'll catch you next week. Remember, the Allen Meat Experience Facebook group. On Facebook, look up Allen Meat Experience. The code word is Premier.